Today on the Colin and Samir podcast, we ask ourselves one question. Why? Why do we do what we do every day? This conversation was inspired by a TED Talk we listened to last week by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. We've been doing a lot of thinking around our purpose as creatives and trying to better understand our own personal reasons on why we want to make videos for a living. In this episode, we record an open and honest conversation about our choice to work together and our choice to take on a challenging and time-intensive career path. I'm sure some of you have listened to Simon Sinek's TED Talk, but if you haven't, definitely look it up on YouTube. Just type in Start With Why and it'll come up. Colin and I both liked it so much that we both ended up buying Simon Sinek's book called Start With Why. For those of you who haven't heard the talk yet, I clipped out about 60 seconds of it that should help contextualize our conversation. All right, here it is, a brief 60-second clip of Simon Sinek's TED Talk, Start With Why. Why, how, what? This little idea explains why some organizations and some leaders are able to inspire where others aren't. Let me define the terms really quickly. Every single person, every single organization on the planet knows what they do 100%. Some know how they do it, whether you call it your differentiating value proposition or your proprietary process or your USP, but very, very few people or organizations know why they do what they do. And by why, I don't mean to make a profit. That's a result. It's always a result. By why, I mean what's your purpose, what's your cause, what's your belief? Why does your organization exist? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? And why should anyone care? Well, as a result, the way we think, the way we act, the way we communicate is from the outside in. It's obvious. We go from the clearest thing to the fuzziest thing. But the inspired leaders and the inspired organizations, regardless of their size, regardless of their industry, all think, act, and communicate from the inside out. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. All right. Today on the show, it's just Colin and I. For the first time in a while, we have some time to actually reflect um, it's like towards the end of the year for us. And we've been doing a lot of projects this year. Like, like I think this week we both were talking about how crazy 2018 has been. Yeah. It's been a lot of different projects, a lot of inbound requests, which is nice. Mm-hmm. We haven't done too much outbound, but I think when you get into a situation like that, it's really easy to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, eight months pass by and you finally get a moment like right now to kind of step back and go, Whoa, what did I just spend my time doing? What was all that? 10 months. It's October. 10 months. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. funny because we, we both remember the turn of the year and like thinking in January, I don't think I could have predicted where we would be sitting in October. Like just everything, all the different projects we got involved in, everything we did, everything from traveling to um, Boston and, and New York to produce stuff with New Balance to going to the Grand Canyon and producing stuff with Will Smith to focusing on a new YouTube show you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's been a very wild year. And where I'm going with this is that now that we have some time to reflect and actually like sink in and take a deep breath, we've been asking ourselves some interesting questions. And so that's what we wanted to focus the podcast on this week. And it all kind of stemmed from a brainstorming session we had with uh, Thomas and Matt from Yes Theory, who we just had on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard that episode, it was our episode right before this. It's phenomenal. Um, but they shared with us about a TED Talk that uh, they thought we should absolutely listen to just based on listening to us talk about our year and, and some of the things we were thinking about. And it was by Simon Sinek, and it's called Start With Why. 
Yeah, and the premise here is that if you haven't watched the TED Talk, I definitely think you should just stop right now and watch it, and hopefully we can play a few clips from it throughout this. But it's basically the idea that all great companies and great leaders, their reason for existing starts with asking the question, why? And that you know people who work for you and people who buy your product, they don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. They don't work for you because of what you do. They work for you because of why you do what you do. And they share the same common core beliefs that you do. And because of that, they're willing to be there working for you. Or at least that that's the best working relationship you can have or the best exchange between a company and a consumer when you share core common beliefs. Yeah, and before you can really take that out to consumers or to people who you want to collaborate with and work with, you have to understand it yourself. You know, you kind of have to look at yourself and be like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. And I think that's, that's what spun us into the conversation of just looking back at the past year. Um, I'm thinking about, huh, we've done a lot of things. We've said yes to a lot of things, but why? Yeah, and it comes down to even just starting this company in the first place, the Colin and Samir company. I think we thought, all right, we have a really good time making videos together. We've had some success making videos together. Let's just commit to making videos. That was our why. Like, we like making videos. We've been doing it. We've been finding some success. Let's start. But that really was not that strong, I think, of like a core value to set out. Mm-hmm to start a company. Yeah, it's more, it's actually, so Simon Sinek talks about it in his talk. He's like, you know, a lot of companies know what they do. And I think that's what we knew. And I think that's what we still know. Mm -hmm. We know that we make videos, right? And like people come to us and they want us to make videos for them or they want us to help them make videos or they want a message to be presented through one of our videos. Like what we do is make videos. What we do is um, try and engage an audience through our videos. Connect with people, Connect tell with people, stories, tell stories. So that's all what we do. Um, how we do it, you know, we, we film, we edit, we make videos and we put them out on YouTube or we put them out on different platforms. So like there's, there's a lot of what and how, but the question that really has come up uh, is like, wait, but why? Why do we do that? Why do we make videos? Yeah, and Samira and I were with Matt and Thomas from Yes Theory and having a difficult time planning a little bit or talking about what we were going to do next and both of them just took a step back and they were like oh well of course you've watched this video start with why right and we hadn't seen it we both went home that night and watched it and immediately started texting each other like this is so good this is gonna we knew it was going to lead to a lot of positive conversations for Samir and I yeah and I think initially something that was really interesting for me is that I'm really geared towards pitching like a lot of my life at least professional life has been like in a room pitching or pitching ideas or trying to solve problems really quickly. So when I first listened to the talk, the interesting thing is that I just started essentially selling myself on why, like immediately I was like, let me, and they were almost in like taglines and in um, like felt kind of pitchy. And then I had to take another step back and be like, wait a second, hold on. Really give yourself some time to think about this question. Yeah. Um, and not think about it just from a strategy perspective. Yeah, not think about what it. What would other people exactly. want to hear that exactly. is yeah. the reason why I do what I do? Yes, that's what I mean. Like what, it, not what sounds good, but what is, like what is that reason? What do you know? What, do you remember what some of the taglines were that you were coming up with? Not, not really. Honestly, they were so meaningless that I think I, I can barely remember them. <laughs> I don't think I wrote any of them down, but I was kind of like 
pacing in my room because when I, this this TED talk hit me so hard. But I do know that a few days after that, I went and I had dinner with my parents and I started explaining them, you know, that concept and it started feeling really fortunate to even be able to ask myself why. Definitely. It's like, an incredible position to be in. It's an amazing position that we can sit back and be like, wait, hold on. Let's, let's make sure we have a really fun, <laughs> yeah. good reason. Before and, I keep just working yeah, like this, yeah. like let's make sure it's the most fulfilling way it can right. possibly be. And so I also want to give some examples of these taglines just really yep. quickly. Yeah, go ahead. So for yes theory, it's seek discomfort right? They are not a YouTube channel. They are a group of guys who believe in putting yourself out of your comfort zone, seeking discomfort to then grow as people. And if you're someone that also believes in that, you believe that putting yourself out of your comfort zone will be better for you and make you grow, then you can be a part of their community. Mm -hmm. Because really it reaffirms your belief. You're not reaffirming their belief. Yeah, absolutely. And they they even... Uh, mentioned to us that they don't really call themselves YouTubers. YouTube is more how mm-hmm. and videos are what they create. But like why, why they do anything is because they believe that the best things in life are on the other side of discomfort and putting yourself out there. And so like that's a that's that's an example of why. And another example that Simon Sinek brings up in his talk is Apple computers. So Apple doesn't come out of the gates telling you we make computers, they're beautifully designed, do you want to buy one? They come out of the gate saying, we believe that you should challenge the status quo and think differently. And if you believe that as well, you'll probably like one of our computers because that's what they do. And he he brings up a very good comparison of Dell computers and Apple. So both are computer companies, right? But if Dell released a phone, it would be kind of strange. If Dell released AirPods, like Bluetooth headphones, it would be kind of strange. But when Apple does it, it fits right in because they look at the world through this lens of thinking different and innovating the way that we interact with technology and we interact with each other and we interact with the world. And so you don't question it when Apple does something like that. Like Apple release Apple TV, right? And then they like Apple could release a car and I wouldn't be surprised, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because it fits their mold. As long as the car... It challenges the status quo right. and is different. I think about it with a lot of the brands that I like. Vans shoes. I just thought about it mm-hmm. before this podcast. Why do I really like Vans shoes? Their tagline is off the wall. Right. right? And I feel like that says something about mm-hmm. me, that I'm a little bit different. I'm quirky. Whatever it is, like I can't be put into a box. Yeah. And, and that's that's also goes down to like the people they signed, the skaters they signed, like the even being involved in skate culture. Mm-hmm. Off the wall. Like these are crazy kind of artists who just are off the wall right like the vans warp tour getting involved in punk rock and i don't know how much punk rock and off the wall i am but i wear the shoes and i'm like damn straight i'm off the wall yeah but if you feel if you essentially if you feel like an artist if you feel like a creative if you feel like you fit into that mold of being kind of different and and kind of artistic and creative then Mm -hmm. there you are so uh, just to just to like go back at like where my head went with this question of why I had to like bring myself back to a point pre career. What I mean by that is like why was I making videos before there was money involved? Why mm-hmm. was I making videos before it was a career path? Why was I doing any of that? Because I have to get back to that point. Now we're both nearing thirty, and we talk a lot now about like okay, is this is this going to be like a viable long term career? Mm-hmm making videos. And then what is that career? So I went back and both you and I studied economics, right? In college. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I was an econ major and I remember I did that because I was just like, okay, this is the, this is the right thing to do. Totally. Right. Econ, e- like econ's like the thing. you come out of high school, econ's the yeah, right econ's thing econ's the right thing to do. Okay. Like, let me learn about money. Um, but I, I also still took film classes because I was fascinated by film. And I remember being in econ class and learning about money and starting to really think how strange it was that we all just came up with these concepts of money. Like these are all man-made concepts, right? Um, and then sitting in my film class and watching a movie, I don't remember what movie it was, but it made me cry. The movie made me cry. And I remember the difference between those two things thinking when I watch a film, it can make me feel an emotion that I cannot uh, express. That's not Mm -hmm. man-made sadness, happiness, laughter. These are not things that you can create the same way that we created the framework and the confines of what money means and what economics is. And when I looked at those two things, I remember calling my mom and telling her like, I am no longer an econ major. I don't want to study something that doesn't feel real to me. I want to study something that affects human emotions because that is something you can't explain. And I want to be involved in that. Hmm. And that was, I, I had to go back to that moment because it gets lost sometimes at how much I enjoyed the fact that filmmaking could evoke emotion, could make you feel something and could relate to a feeling you were having that you couldn't express. That's interesting. I actually had a really similar experience when I came into school as a college freshman. I was a business major really for no other reason than just like, oh, business, making money. That's what I should do. Mm -hmm. And I had an intro to statistics class that was like 500 people. And I was sitting way in the back. And on the first day, the professor said, basically, if this first day intimidates you or scares you, you should rethink being a business major. And I walked out of that class and I went straight to my advisor, no lie, and dropped my business major within like the first week or two of being at school. And a lot of that also had to do with a meeting I'd had with my advisor where I I told her that I really wanted to take arts classes um, and I wanted to take Italian classes and smaller classes. She was like, well, if you're a business student, you have to take these business prereqs and I can't, you can't take these smaller classes. And it was so important to me to be in smaller classes because I knew that I would be able to actually interact with people in this huge university. If I could be around, you know, in a class of 10 to 12, no matter what the topic was, I was going to be connecting with people throughout the entire semester. Whereas if I'm sitting in a 500 person lecture. And so that was a lot of my immediate motivation at that time to switch my major. But it also was part of my original motivation when I got into film after college was to make videos that would allow me to connect with people in my immediate area. When I was first making videos in Boulder, Colorado, after I graduated, a lot of my purpose, part of it was like, I want to be an entrepreneur and this is a skill I should have. But a lot of it was, I want people in Boulder, Colorado to know that I'm here so I can meet them Mm. and be a member of this community that people know about. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it's funny that when you have to sink back to that, right? Like, why did you get involved in the arts? Because it gets very confusing when you get older and a huge part of your purpose becomes uh, financial success or even financial, you know, success to the point where you can just keep doing what you're doing. But it changes so much when you're in college and you're making movies like you're not the movies aren't product. No one's paying you for those movies or for those videos or for your art. Mm -hmm. When you were doing art in high school, no one was paying you for your art. No, Uh, there's no motivation outside of your own self. Like, by the way, if you don't know this, Colin was kind of like a a Banksy type in high school. I was. He did some like radical 
art things, and I've only heard about this. Colin and I didn't go to high school. I think my mom told you, but Colin's mom told me about all these like radical things that Colin was doing in high school with his art. Should I? Yeah, I mean, feel free, (laughs) feel free to uh, get into it. Yeah, I was in an advanced art class, and we had to do something that had to do with Renaissance art. And I drew a. I had a. My mom had this huge uh, chalkboard in our house, uh, and I brought it into school, and I drew a pretty detailed large naked man on on the chalkboard and this is like a like 12 foot like greco-roman naked man Hmm. um and instead of drawing the penis i wrote the word penis in italian in the shape of a penis Hmm. and i don't know i was really angsty yeah yeah. at this time i thought it would be some sort of statement (laughs) to just draw this this guy sure uh and i put it up in the hallway and it got taken down i went to like a small Relatively like conservative private high school in New Jersey, and it got taken down within the first day. So that's the level of Banksy I'm talking about, you know. But yeah, I'll take rebellious. It even further, rebellious. I, this is this is yeah. going kind of off the rails here. Okay, all right. But my art teacher was so incredible that he found the chalkboard and the piece of art, brought it back into the hallway, put a curtain over it, and made it like a peep show, and made it twenty five cents to that's look funny. at it. So he was the real Banksy. That's really creative. Yeah, it was really yeah, great. That's really funny. But I, I think. Um, you know, so much of this time after like just taking a, a deep breath now, like we, you know, signing a contract even to make videos is like such an interesting experience, man. It's so fascinating when you were motivated, you, you, your initial motivation on the art um, or creation was around self-expression and evoking emotion and connecting with people. And that's still something we get to do every day, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like we still get to express ourselves, whether it's through this podcast or through our YouTube channel, we get to express how we're feeling and connect with people. Like the best emails we get um, are when people like, you know, say that something in our video connected with them and inspired them to do something or pushed them to, you know, do something different. I mean, that's like, that's the most amazing part of making videos. And for me, it's the most amazing part of consuming videos is when I watch something that I relate to Mm -hmm. and you feel like there's someone else out there who understands you or understands the same feeling. It just creates this collectiveness out of all of us, right? Yeah, when someone can make a video and and it compels you to take action, Mm -hmm. to do anything positive for your life, that to me is like, and I I do that as well. Like like you said, I watch tons of videos and feel inspired to take action. So when I see other people sending us emails like that or tweets, that that to me is the most fulfilling. A lot of that is also why I was so into music when I was a kid. Like I loved lyrics. When I when people would sing about um, heartbreak or something, like I remember f- like craving that emotion because I wanted to connect with the song so much. Craving heartbreak? Yeah, well I was into emo music, so like yeah, you yeah, needed, yeah. you know, you needed no, something I, like I get that. It, man. But yeah. I like craved the same emotion that the singer-songwriter was singing about because I wanted to relate, and as I got older and I could relate, I just you could listen to the song over and over and over and over again. And today, if you listen to one of those songs that maybe you used to listen to when you were 10 years younger, it's going to bring up a lot of emotions. And that's such a cool thing that art can do that mm-hmm. and that creation can do that. Someone's creation from who knows wherever they were in their life, can they, they can put it out into the world and you can watch it, listen to it, um, read it, whatever it is, and just feel connected and feel like it's it's part of your life and your own interpretation of it. That's That to me is like the coolest part of creation. Mm-hmm. And, and why I still like to create today is for those reasons. Um, and so then you have to start asking yourself questions. Once you understand a little bit more about your why, you start asking yourself questions of like, is every day 
you know, leading back to that why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even if that even if that's your purpose, right, or that's what you want to do is make mm-hmm. tell stories that hopefully inspire other people to take action. Mm-hmm. But you have a week or a day like I had last week where you sit in front of a computer for 13 hours editing a video. The whole day goes by. I was extremely anxious. I did not feel great. And at the end of the day, I asked myself, why did I choose to do that today? We are fortunate to be in a place where we can take a step back and, and, and look at what we're doing. And we only have so many days. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the end of my day and was like, I've had a lot of days like this where I sit behind a computer alone all day. Why, why am I choosing to do this? Even if the end result might inspire some people, but like in my immediate surroundings, in my immediate world, why did I just choose to do that? Is there a different way I can go about doing that and accomplishing right. the same goal? Ooh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, is there a different way I can do that and go about accomplishing the same goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the that, that's a really good point. It's like, are there different ways to go about it? Is there an easier way to go about it? Is there a different way? One thing I'll, I'll say is that, yes, I can, I can really distinctly say the times where I'm sitting and editing something or working on something where I'm like, oh, this is, this is annoying. This is like trudging through this. Or when, for example, last week, I ended up staying up until 2.30 in the morning to edit through the last episode of this podcast, which was the, the Yes Theory episode, um, to make sure the levels were correct because I cared so much about that story and that story getting out there. Mm-hmm. I was so passionate about that podcast that we created that it didn't matter to me however long I needed to sit in front of the computer. And I can also say that with projects that you and I have done um, in the past where it Absolutely. just doesn't matter. Like you can sit in front of the computer for 13, 15 hours and it doesn't matter because the excitement level um, of putting it out and the connection between your purpose and the and the creation is so great that it none of that matters. Yeah. And I think when it does, when you do start to feel that, like this is a pain, I don't want to do this, that's when you have to reevaluate. Yeah, you're probably not working on the you're right. Probably not working on something that's matching up with your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and not saying like your grander purpose in life, but whatever it is that you've come up with that you really, really love. And this translates outside of art too. If you're someone who's listening and just um, you know works on something, it's it's not to say that everyone is fortunate enough to get to do that thing they want to do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they have different circumstances, but the the best exercise is like really sinking into why. Why are you doing what you're doing on a daily basis? Um, Simon Sinek talks about um, money and he says like, a lot of people answer that question by saying like, to make a profit. Yeah. I do this to make a profit. And he says, to make a profit is actually not why, it's just a result of. Yeah. I mean, if, if you and I were trying to make a profit, we would probably be doing different things. Well, if my I mean, sole we purpose- are trying to make yeah, a profit. If, if my like, sole purpose, what, what, what he's saying is that to like making a profit from making videos is a result of our why. Mm. Like we make videos, our purpose is to connect with others through content and- through that process, we are generating revenue, mm-hmm. generating money. But it's a result of, of, of our why. why, what, and how. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the profit part is at the end. It's the result of those three things put together. It's like, okay, we, we have some reason why we're doing this. Then we have what we do, which is create videos. Then we have how we do it, which is put them out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Through that whole process, there is a component of making money. Yeah. Um, but that is not the why. Mm-hmm. Like making money is not the why. 
So, um, yeah, I just think like sitting down with a pen and pad and just starting to write down some notes of like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I spending my time like this? Um, and it's especially has started to hit when we've spent the last 10 months either traveling on the road or sitting, filming, editing, whatever it is until midnight, almost every night, you know, or 10 a.m. or t- sorry, 10 p.m. every night with pretty limited time to ourselves and, and to spend with our friends and family. Mm-hmm. That's when you really start to, to ask the question. Better why. think I, I better have a really good why mm-hmm. if I'm going to keep spending this much time. Well, on, on, on Casey Neistat's last episode of his podcast, um, which was about a month ago, he talks about the concept of burnout. Burnout is something we've talked about on this, on this podcast. Burnout is something a lot of creatives talk about. Um, and he talks about, um, a lot of people think that burnout means you're, you're super busy and you're really tired. Um, but he adds another thing to that equation. He says, burnout is not busy and tired. If you're really passionate about something, you can handle busy and tired. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem because if you really care, busy and tired is not a factor. But he said that the equation for burnout is busy plus tired plus uncertain. There's nothing worse than being uncertain. And being uncertain is the core of burnout, stress, anxiety, I think, in, in you know owning your own business or um, even striving towards a goal. If, that, if the goal is really blurry, but you're working really hard, that's when you start to experience. Yeah. I mean, our goal burnout. is really blurry. Mm-hmm. Straight up. It's, yeah. it's really blurry. Yeah, I think it, 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 we both imagine something. Like we have something in our mind that, that leads us to make videos, but it's super blurry. It's, it's, it's moved also from when, I was, it, from when I was 20 to when I was 25 to now that I'm, I'm 29. The goal has shifted quite a bit from a certain level of um, success and external validation all the way to just freedom and time completely and time that I want to myself. Yeah. I I used to consider working really long hours, just a part of my identity. I thought that was cool to be working a lot and to be that busy entrepreneur. But now as I get older, I I really don't think that's cool. Mm -hmm. I really want to be someone who has a lot of time and is good at controlling their schedule. Yeah. And we're also, we've also experienced, um, you know, going straight from startup to startup um, meaning going straight from operating a startup for three years to having the company acquired and then acquired by a startup. So same kind of lifestyle of working long hours and being rewarded for working long hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming out, starting our own company. So startup number three, working long hours uh, and, and you know trying to make something happen. But this third time around, it's just the, the end goal is is not as clear. Uh, so let's say we don't come up with an end goal. Mm-hmm. We're just like blurry. We don't figure it out. Yeah. What's your alternative? You ever think about, we, we talk about like going to work. We're like, oh, we could probably work at this company or that company or what that would look like. Yeah. Like, do you think about, I think we've had this question on the channel too. Like, what would you guys do if you weren't doing this? Yeah. If I wasn't, it, well, right now in the short, I can only think in the short term. Um, right now in the short term, I would, I would probably travel. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I desperately require a change of scene right now to change my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, even when I think about the next couple months before the end of the year, like I'd like to travel a little bit. Um, 
I have a trip planned to India at the, the beginning of next year, which is really exciting. But a change of scene it goes in line with our last podcast episode. Just like if you're yeah. ever feeling creatively stuck, mm-hmm. put yourself out of your comfort zone. I that, that, thought that was great advice from Matt and Thomas. And that's that's what I think is just coming to the same place. Like your your body and your mind relates certain emotions and feelings with spaces. So an example of that is if you sit in your bed and do work on your laptop, your mind will, you will have a harder time sleeping in that bed because your mind will relate the bed to like focus and work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the same thing is if I keep coming to the same place and expect a new mental space, that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. And so I think if this, if we, you know, decide that this is not something that, that, uh, you know, can work out or something like that, then I would probably just put myself in a new environment. Yeah. completely new environment to start thinking differently. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've been in this environment for so long. Yeah, I mean, literally the room we're sitting in, we've been working in this space for six years. Yeah. and it, I, I mean, think in, and out, in and out of this space, and it's looked different, but we've been sitting in this room for six years. And I think what people see a lot on social media and on YouTube are the social moments. Mm-hmm. But there are everything in between, if you really wonder, like, I wonder what Colin or Samir are doing today in the in-between probably alone <laughs> alone and editing alone yeah. and editing or like eating lunch together i mean yeah, yeah. gosh we eat so many meals together <laughs> we work out together yeah yeah it's wild yeah it's wild it's um, wild McKin- peter mckinnon and our friends at mango street and, and a couple other youtubers made a video recently saying youtube is the loneliest job um and it's so true it's such a wild experience to create content that's just yeah what is he about saying? yourself like, like i film okay like, i come up with the idea myself then i film myself then I edit myself, which is myself. Like by myself, I'm editing myself alone on camera. Wondering what people will well, think yeah, about me. Yeah, and then I put the video out and then I re- sit here in this room and reply to comments. Like I'm always- As I watch it back sometimes. Yeah, which is like such an accurate depiction of what the life yeah. of a content creator Some of the, is like if there was a fly on the wall sometimes in my apartment, I think some of the scariest moments would be I'm like, when I'm in my bed, mm-hmm. I'm watching a video of me <laughs> on my phone and I'm alone. Right. It's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. what, why did I just spend crazy 10 minutes watching myself? Like that's mm-hmm. a weird thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of that gets cleared up if, and when you have a strong purpose of why you are like a good example, I think is Cody Warner and I don't want to speak for him, but something I see from watching his content, he's someone we've had on this podcast. He makes a video every single day where he encourages creators and he encourages the doers. And he's on this journey himself where he's, you know, got his, his job is, uh, is in the past. Now he got like let go or, or left his job. Um, and he's just trying to make this thing work where he's like creating every day. And so watching him every day is like pretty fascinating because he's so mission driven. He's so passionate about this, this message and this mission. Um, and you're seeing it. He's speaking at conferences now. He's like his, his service that he provides to people is encouragement Mm -hmm. and you can purchase that through a panel that he's on or through consulting. Yeah. And he, like, I just feel like when I watch it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's like a, that's a really cool mission. So yeah, I'm, uh, the one thing I saw a tweet on Twitter that just goes in line with this, this time conversation. It said, um, trade in money for time, not time for money. You're going to run out of time first. Mm. 
uh, and that's a little bit off topic, but it's more in line with like the, the, the reality of the matter is that time is the most valuable currency we all have. We can choose how we spend it. We can choose how we invest it. It's the most valuable currency we have because it's the only one that uh, when it's done, we can't win back. If tomorrow you had zero dollars in your bank account, yeah. there is a way money, to win it back. Money fluctuates. Right. It fluctuates. Yeah. It's ebbs and flows, but time is finite. Like it's when it's done, it's done. Uh, so that's a, that's a really important thing that I think will, you know, leave you with to think about and, and think about, um, your days and, and why, and maybe some of you have like a really clear cut understanding, um, of why you're doing what you're doing on a daily basis. And that's, that's amazing. I'd urge you to share some thoughts on this with us, whether that's on Twitter, um, over email. We love the emails we get, um, which is Colin and Samira gmail.com or, uh, review the pod and give us some feedback uh, on iTunes reviews. Yeah. Yeah. So keep watching the channel. This is not at all to say we're going to stop creating content together. I just think it's interesting to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Like people ask us the, that question all the time. Like what would you do if you weren't working right. together? And I, I think it's, uh, it's also interesting to share our thoughts around it. And whereas you might be watching from the outside and being like, wow, these guys have it all figured out. Yeah. You know, we're we're trying to figure this out uh, and we're bringing you guys along with the journey. And I I think even the concept of sharing these emotions with you and sharing these feelings is the reason why we create. It's one of the reasons I value the relationship that we have too so closely is that you and I can be on a production trip. And when we were in when we were in uh, Portland and we got to travel through the wide Kennedy agency, Uh both Samir and I are walking through going. Wow, you know what? <laughs> yeah, this, this would be pretty nice to not do what good. we're doing and yeah. maybe just work here and yeah. come in. Like it just seems like a great space to work. There's all these people around you and Samir and I can be very open and honest about that idea mm-hmm. that that there's something there's always other options out there. We're choosing to do what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy, but I don't know, it's just something you got to like talk through and understand and I value the fact that we're able to talk through it together. That's a mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm part of our relationship yeah so to leave you with an exercise pen and pad ask yourself the question why you do what you do all right we will talk to you next week on another episode of the colin and smear podcast we actually have great guests lined up next week i cannot wait stay tuned that's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. If you haven't already, definitely check out Simon Sinek's TED Talk and check out his book as well. Bottom line, no matter what you do, it's really important to understand why you do it. One thing I wanted to note is how awesome it's been to create this podcast and want to say thanks to everyone who listens on a weekly basis. Your support and feedback is incredible and it inspires us to create more every day. We especially love getting emails with detailed feedback on the episodes. It really helps us make the show better. So make sure to leave us a review. You can ask questions. You can send us a tweet or an email if you want to give us feedback. And next week, we will be joined by our good friends at Mango Street. We can't wait for that conversation. It's going to be a good one. So tune in next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it.